0: amazingly terrible we have plastic man adventures the terrible five in one you're listening to amazingly terrible the podcast that reveals to you just how stupid you were as a child i'm adam i'm matt
1: timing I guess it's my turn. I'm
2: Derek. <laughs> I'm Derek.
1: <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, and today we're doing Plastic Man. Oh, man. Oh, doing him right. so good. Boy. The superhero who takes on properties of not plastic, but that's cool. Yeah. So, so what <laughs> is the episode, Derek? So today's episode is Plastic Man, The I believe they call it the action comedy special. I'd have to go and look Ooh. at my notes that. But it was episode 13, The Terrible 5 one, first 1, first aired on 12-15-1979.
0: Was this 13? I thought this was 25. Uh... In the episode
1: list, it is listed as episode number 13. Well, it's nice. the 13th airing
2: of the, the show. I think the show contained, like, multiple segments. Mm.
3: gotcha, gotcha. Mmm, like other things besides Plastic Man, that too, yeah.
2: Oh, okay, okay. It's it's it, it's a bit it's a bit hazy exactly what this show was. <laughs> I gotcha, mean, gotcha. If you go onto YouTube, you look up live action Plastic Man, you'll see like these little twenty second intros of a host dressed as Plastic Man do uh, like introducing the episode.
3: What era of are we talking? Like are these is this like old timey? You know, uh, cranking these. Uh, the dime machine where plastic man strutting around no this show oh okay so it's the 70s
1: so it 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 eventually originally was the plastic man comedy adventure show uh it ran for 90 minutes so to what what david was saying is there was a bunch of nonsense in it um by the 80 to 81 season it was it was essentially shortened down to a standard standardized cartoon 30 minutes you know with commercials so the actual show would be yeah, you know, 22, 23 minutes yeah. long. But the episode that we watched, whether it was the 13th airing or it was the 13th in a row or whatever, uh, this, this was a 22-minute, I believe it was about 22 right. and a half minutes long total, start to mm-hmm. finish. And Matt, to tune, you asked what era it was. So a little backstory on Plastic Man. Plastic Man oh was, was first, uh, it came up with, in I believe, 1941. And he was part of Quality Comics if, if my memory oh. serves correct. And then, so this is where I went to ask the question before we got on the podcast. So he was actually the kind of front runner of police comics. In my office behind me, I have uh, 10 pressings of action comics and detective comics, which to our listeners, action comics number one is Superman and detective comics number 30 something. Adam, tell me which one it was, was Batman. And then Detective Comics, mm-hmm. of course, became DC Comics. And so mm-hmm. I was curious as to back in the day, was it, like I, I never really realized, realized that was a thing. That it wasn't like, hey, this is Batman number one. This is you know, Superman oh, yeah. number one. Yeah. This is Plastic Man number one. He just happened to be Plastic Man. Was a was one of a bunch of crime fighters in police comics. But then he became the you know the central figure of quality comics' run all the way to 1953 when they well, ended up full How ironic. It. it was a fad. <laughs> so, like,
3: superheroes superheroes were a fad. So you had a bunch of these existing books that were being published, and they were usually anthology-style books, like all the books you – you know, Amazing Fantasy or Police or whatever. So they'd be anthology of books, and they would just be like, well, let's try out a superhero story because they were probably trying out whatever fad stories – they could to sell issues and then superheroes kind of stuck around oh and cool. that's why mm-hmm. you ended up with these like named characters but who started in books that had nothing to do with that named character uh, until you you know until much later in our terrible comics history
1: oh cool so he he ended up showing up in police comics number one august nineteen forty one uh and I believe his first cover was police comics number fifteen in january nineteen forty three he was around till when quality comics folded in the fifties. And then he was folded into DC comics who, who bought quality comics, but he didn't actually come back until 1966. And I was very curious as to, as to why those dates kind of became a thing. Well, if you actually go and look at, you know, some of the other shows that we've done, He-Man, Gem in the whatever, Gem in the holograms, they have been there to sell toys, right? Like, Hey, we're promoting this toy. Mm -hmm. Well, Plastic Man was legitimately promoting plastic. Plastic didn't Uh-oh. become a essentially a okay. manufacturing staple until the like the late 30s early 40s specifically around World War II time frame where they went from using wood, metal, uh other other things, you know, synthetic fabrics, like all the all the the wool, all the cotton, everything was going to the war effort and then you know and then so all of a sudden you were like, hey, we can use plastics. After the war, it essentially it kind of calmed down. We went back to traditional manufacturing methods. And then it was in the 1950s where you started to have like kind of a plastic society. Like if you remember or if you guys have ever seen like old kind of cartoons or comics from the 50s, there were things where it was like the modern housewife can hose her house down because everything's made of plastic, right? Like she had this hose in her living room was just washing everything off and then that actually kind of brought his that's resurgence That's so hot. Yeah, his resurgence back in like the mid 1960s because that's when plastic became a manufacturing kind of staple. Like we went away from, you know, sodas in the old soda machines or whatever. Cokes used to come in glass bottles, you know, and then things started gradually then moved to plastic because it was cheaper, it was easier to produce. It was, you know, it was less of a quote burden on the environment which now here we are. In, 2022 where plastic like microplastics is an issue but um uh, but yeah that's, that's an how interesting came theory. about theory
0: well I, I also well I think something that feeds into that theory too though is there was there were all those um oil fields in Texas that were uncovered around that time frame and they were actually like going strong up through like the early 70s before they we started realizing they were running out of
1: oil oh, yeah, no th- it's it's a Yes, it's. is it technically a theory? Was I able to find in my research that they were like, <laughs> we need to promote plastic? No, but the correlation between the two times that plastic became big, well, really, the one time it became big and then the time that it, it permanently entrenched itself in modern society was the mid to late 60s, and that's when you saw Plastic Man come back. Now, the interesting thing about that is Plastic Man in this, in this comic is more like Elastigirl from The Incredibles than he is... Plastic, because I don't know the last time you guys took a soda bottle and was able to stretch it into a spring or, you know, a wheelchair. But that's what he can do, because he's. Plasticky. If you get it
3: hot enough,
1: <laughs> I mean, yes, technically, if you, if you get plastic hot enough, it melts.
3: Yeah, if you get it yeah. hot, I mean, if you blow on it real hard and and keep your hands around it,
1: it gets real warm. True. Do. Yeah. I, I don't think body heat can melt plastic though. Oh yeah he's, yeah, he's
2: basically doing all the stuff that rubber can do, not plastic.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's more like silly putty man.
2: Yeah.
3: I think it's an interesting theory. I also think those two dates correspond exactly to when superheroes were in fashion because um after the war, all the readers came back of comic books and they did, they weren't they wanted romance comics and adventure comics. They didn't really want superheroes. So, it wasn't until the late fifties and early sixties that they started bringing the superheroes back. And that's why captain America was frozen on ice for 50 years. Oh, because he is the original captain America from the 1940s. And they brought back that character is a way to like, write him into the new, the new continuity.
1: Oh, cool. Well, I, huh. Neat. I would imagine though, that plastic, It, it is It's quite coincidental that the two times that plastic became a major manufacturing kind of component lines up with the comic. But yes, I doubt that they were going, oh, look at that, DuPont's making plastic. Let's make a superhero out of it. I don't think the people who wrote this were
3: very concerned with what DuPont was doing. Although it could have been the other way around. They were concerned with what
0: DuPont was doing. I I wouldn't uh, put it past the actual... Like oil companies or plastic manufacturers to reach out to DC Comics, and be like, "Hey, can you help us out with an ad campaign?" No, you
3: pay for that shit. Like they wouldn't do it for free. Oh, that's true. That is true.
1: No, so sorry, I was not saying that this was that was kind of a joke about the ad campaign. I think it was oh, no, more no, no, or no, less yeah, a yeah, but I would put it past This was the latest technology. You, you know what I'm sure. saying? Like yeah, like yeah. plastic. This is this is it's the newest technology. Bag. Let's make a superhero that you know, that essentially does the stuff that plastic supposedly can do.
0: So let's, let's talk about the things that plastic can do, because I'm looking at the list of plastic man's abilities and there are 13 different superpowers that he has
3: here. Yeah. Yes. Let's go through it.
1: Can we, before we, before we do that, can I kind of talk generalistically about the way that the show was presented and then compared to how it was actually done? Okay. So when watching the show, we, we actually have two clips, we have the opening credits, which was about a minute long, and it's there's no mm-hmm. song in this show, which makes sense uh when David had brought up the fact that it was part of kind of a uh like a a variety show type thing. Yeah,
2: like the other the other shows were like Fang Face and Fang Puss. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: yeah. Rickety Rocket. Ooh.
3: Rickety Rocket. This show does not one. This
2: show does not seem to go with those shows. It does not at all. No, it's, no. <laughs> it's, just, it's it's just random Hanna Barbera stuff.
1: Yeah. So, so when I watched, when I initially watched the intro to it, which is done in a very, like late fifties, nineteen sixties fashion, where it's it's a voiceover talking about Plastic Man and all of his abilities and humor and adventure and all this other stuff, I thought that this show was produced in the sixties. And then when I started watching it, I realized that the show actually is, is a little bit more like, like a Sonny and Cher type show. Like it, <laughs> it has this 1960s kind of vibe going on, but it's very, very clearly 1970s. Like, again, like, like a variety show where on initial glance I thought it was going to be a cartoon from the late 60s. And actually one of the notes that I wrote down watching this initially was, did they have color television in the late 60s? Because the whole thing is produced in color, and I was curious if kids, you know, in nineteen sixty six, yeah, without actually looking yeah. at the the episode air date, was were they sitting in their living rooms watching this air in color? And it wasn't until I got deeper into the episode that I was like, oh, this screams of the late seventies, early eighties. I mean, hell, one of the the villains is Disco Mummy, you know, and yes. d- 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 she's awesome. Disco did not exist in sixty six, so.
3: And there's a lot. There's a lot of sex jokes. There's there are a lot. A lot. <laughs> the
0: yeah. The first many time you see, sex jokes, the
1: first time you see Disco Mummy, they have animated a big old fucking snatch on her. <laughs> like they really did. Like it's. when am I notes? I was like, wow, that's an interesting placement of a vertical line right there.
3: Well, in in the yeah. opening credits, they cut from a shot of Plastic Man and his girlfriend, who's what's her Penny. name, Penny, Penny. canoodling. Yeah to a shot of hula uh, exploding a can of coke and the cork shooting out. Yeah. Yeah. Which hits an ejection seat buttons which launches the entire cabin into the air. It's it's very <laughs> clearly yeah.
1: It screams of the late 70s. Yeah. They were very horny. Oh yeah, yeah they were. Yeah. Oh yeah. Lots of body hair, lots of hormones.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, lots of were... lots of deep fees,
1: uh, swingers parties.
0: Uh, there, there's even a bit of a uh, shit play scene in here.
3: Uh...
1: <laughs> Is there really?
3: <laughs> That's that. That comes later. I don't think that was seventies. <laughs> That's awesome. In the seventies, they were like they were like pubes. Woo, pubes.
1: Oh yeah, the more the better. Like yeah, just. <laughs> Just pubes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> There's, we That's don't know serious. what razors are. I'll fucking just let that shit grow. I
0: mean, it's what I do. Plastic Man's abilities are listed as density control, elasticity slash plasticity,
1: elastigirl, size mm-hmm. alteration, elastigirl,
0: shape
3: shifting,
1: elastigirl. Superhuman agility. Mm -hmm. I don't think that was Elastigirl.
3: She she had this because she could like if you can like take giant steps. She had a dump truck
1: ass too. By the way. Oh yeah. Well, she (laughs) was an entirely different thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like that was like double dump truck.
0: Yeah. Uh, Superhuman strength. Mister Color change. Racist. Uh, In (laughs) invulnerability.
1: Also racist. Uh,
0: regeneration. Mm. Racist. Shrink. Telepathic immunity. Yep.
1: Ooh. What? Turbo racist.
0: Uh, immortality. Ultrasonic detection. And
3: rubber organs. The things that are crazy here are the size alteration and the density control. Yeah. Because those things will, there's no limit to his powers. Right. No. He no. Yeah.
1: Except when in the story he can't use them, which was weird. But or
3: when he gets tired, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, yeah, it, it's yeah. very similar to the to the lantern powers,
2: where the only limit is the, is the imagination of the user, right?
3: Yeah. Or the imagination
0: of the artist slash writer. So.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I, this is when I start
3: talking about all the amazing ways that he could use his powers. That they don't do because they're not either fun to draw or maybe Mm -hmm. Plastic Man's too stupid to think of them. My earlier point is that he should make himself into a nano-thin mesh of interwoven molecule-thick particles Mm -hmm. that stretches over the entire city or landscape. Because he could control his density of size. He could potentially control the entire country. He could instantaneously teleport himself by simply moving his mass along the mesh.
0: To that one point, yeah,
3: yeah, and then just, he didn't even he wouldn't even need to take down the mesh. He could just send down a tendril attached to a Plastic Man avatar that do whatever he wanted it to do down there.
1: So he's yeah. essentially the Plastic Man version of a Portuguese man o' war, just out there fucking shit up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if the if the Portuguese man o' war covered the entire ocean, God, yeah. that'd be scary. Well, and shit. he's
0: technically not he's technically not a colony of creatures too, like a man o' war would be. Yeah, so true. he's more like a. Prove uh, but, but 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 to 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 your point there, Matt. In the malleability section, where it's talking about his elasticity and plasticity, in the comic books, it is said that there is no known limit to how far Plastic Man can stretch his body. So right. essentially, he essentially
3: he can do that. So. He could exist as, like, an invisible, completely translucent layer across all humanity. He could cover the entire planet in, you know, a single molecule thick wafer material that we're all under right now we just don't mm-hmm. notice. Or maybe it always feels like we're under cobwebs a little bit. You know, you can't, like, mm-hmm. get the plastic man off your hands. Yeah. And if he wanted to kill someone, he simply increases his density around that person and suffocates them.
0: And and in the section here where it says immortality, Plastic Man does not appear to age. And in the aftermath of Justice League story arc, Obsidian Age, Plastic Man was discovered to have survived for 3,000 years scattered into separate individual
3: molecules on the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean without decaying or being otherwise affected. You could simply make Plastic Man... Plastic Man could simply become the city. He becomes the environment that you yeah. live in. You poop into Plastic Man. It goes down Plastic Man's pipes um, out out to the edge of Plastic Man. He has all these buildings. I mean, like... Well, the way can I'm be- thinking
0: of it is he he essentially could be Wormwood from the award-winning role-playing game Wormwood that got purchased by Palladium to become the environment the <laughs> in... A, in a, uh, riffs, one of the riffs world
3: books. So. I love your dramatic reveal. Is this esoteric piece of media that only Matt and I know about? <laughs> he could be like that. He could, Which, be yeah, just like that. Yeah, yeah he, he's a sentient planet that grows the things that the for people, basically, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could, he could be basically be a sentient planet. I mean, for, honestly, he could probably be like a sentient universe, the way that they're describing him here. After enough time and enough
3: right. expansion, he could just be everything. I mean, if you trusted him, he could be your generation ship. Like, thousands upon thousands of generations of humans could live inside of Plastic Man as he traveled across the universe to deliver us to Alpha Centauri.
0: Okay, let's start writing this comic. Let's we'll submit <laughs> to DC Comics.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think we got we got something going here, but hold on. Before we get into the episode, by the way, did you guys know Elastigirl, not Helen Parr from The Incredibles, was actually a DC Comics superhero who was in the series Doom Patrol?
0: Yes, I did know that.
1: I had no I, idea.
0: I did not realize her name was Elastigirl, but I do remember yeah. the she, character. They both
1: were Elastigirl, and she's also known as Woman. so I'm curious how to Disney pull off the licensing for that, but probably through threats and other... Nefarious uh. things because Disney can suck a dick.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Pixar wasn't owned by Disney at the time.
1: Ooh, it? Uh, maybe they were. Maybe they weren't.
3: No, I it's think I think they were.
1: I thought they were owned by Disney.
3: At that point.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure that they
3: were. But let's—they were founded by Steve Jobs, right? Yes. Well, he was—he was, he was the CEO. But sort I don't think of. he was. They yeah. were actually yeah.
1: founded by Lucasfilm. Lucas Back home. in That's 1979 right, yeah. to 86 yeah. as the graphics group, and then Disney purchased them to '99. Yeah, collab with Disney '99 to 2006, and then 2006 to present, they were bought by the evil fucking Nazi empire known as Disney.
3: Hmm. But 2004 is when
1: they were just collab. They were they were working okay. with the Nazis, but they weren't Nazis yet.
3: As well, Disney did all their distribution. Plastic Man could simply, if he can separate himself, then he could simply live in a small portion of each of our brains that made us all constantly happen. He, he could eliminate all mental illness, should he wish. Yeah. A small or... piece of Plastic Man could simply correct the biochemistry in our brains and make sure we were, well, we were all healthy, never depressed, always happy and productive.
1: So Plastic Man could have become Soma from A Brave New World? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's get into this episode. (laughs) Episode begins with this very orange-looking villain named Solex, and he starts busting out a bunch of criminals from essentially high-security prisons. I think one of them was a military stockade. They're all very carefully labeled, each of the locations we go to. You It's yes. got a clear label. Yep. And one of the things I, I really, really enjoyed about this episode, there's a lot of things I enjoyed about it, a lot of things I didn't enjoy about it, and we've talked about this in previous episodes. The villains are all really cool. They have Weed, Half-Ape, ma- half who's literally half-man, half-ape, <laughs> <Yeah>. Clam, <laughs> Who's a clam with an eye patch and a captain's hat? Like I think that's like Captain, captain, clam. Yeah. captain yeah, he, clam. he's a captain. Yeah, yeah he's a captain.
2: Comp- they, they don't say it, but I, I would assume it's. He's, he declares himself head.
3: to be a captain.
2: Computer Head is just a robot. I yeah. love Computer Head. And then he has real to real ears.
1: And then everybody's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> favorite, <laughs> sexy undead disco mummy. <laughs> oh man. So he busts all, he busts all these, these criminals out, and he uses a satellite that beams down some sort of energy to essentially an energy assault rifle. And he's able yeah, to essentially yeah. blast holes in the side of these, these penitentiaries, and he, he breaks people out.
0: But, the, but first, the, the, they, they actually show it pretty early on that the energy weapon that he's using is actually a plot device gun. Because yes, he uses yes, it yep. to melt the bricks in the building, but then he immediately mm-hmm. uses it to recharge computer head. So the inter- oh, yeah. same energy he uses to melt brick actually like can regenerate. Yeah. And and he use he's got like a ton of other things that wind he winds up using this gun for later on.
1: So then after all that happens, fast forward out to our group of heroes. We've got plastic man, we've got Penny, his girlfriend, and then we got Hula. Who is actually voiced by Joe Baker, who mm. voiced the thing, and he voiced Long in Pocahontas. Okay. okay. Pull this up. Uh, he voiced a nice. bunch of a bunch of random people. He's the British actor who passed away in two thousand one, unfortunately. Yeah, so anyways, his voice is actually very recognizable. Like you when you hear him talk, you're like, Oh shit, I, I know what he's doing. So our our heroes are hanging out. They're having an ice cream picnic. Plastic Man then gets a call from Sexy Carmen De- San Diego, who is their chief. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, "Hey, you got to come in." He spills ice cream soda or ice cream float down the front of him, and that begins this like reoccurring joke. Like, we're having a bad day.
0: Like it's kind of klutzy. I, I want to linger on this for just a moment, if you're
3: okay
2: with well, that. He says he's
3: he's got bad luck. Like that's his defining characteristic.
2: Well, well if we want to do the symbolism. Uh... He, he is supposed to be more interested in the chief, whereas Penny's the one interested in him.
0: Okay, see, I, I was wondering about that, because in the scene, Penny opens it up by saying, how romantic, it's a beautiful moonlit night, how romantic, mm-hmm. but there are three of them there. There's Hula Hula, Penny, and Plastic Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, right. and it, it seems like the, the, what I got from this was that Penny is basically like chasing... After Plastic Man trying to seduce him, Mm -hmm. and he's basically trying to keep Hula long to run as like a buffer so that he's never really alone with Penny.
3: And really, I did not get that at all. I I thought they were, I thought they were straight up boyfriend girlfriend.
1: Yeah, I didn't get that vibe either.
3: I did definitely, I definitely have a huge boner for Chief though. Yeah, yeah. dude, sexy Carmen Sandiego. Holy
0: smokes, Chief! Especially a lady in authority. Yeah. yeah, old
3: older, mature woman telling me what to do. With the fine. silver
1: streak on the front. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways, they get called back by Chief. We then go back to Solex springing disco mummy. And this was the scene where we talk about a bit of liberties taken with the animation.
0: Uh- <laughs> you didn't want to talk about the, the symbolism of shit play with the ice cream?
1: i didn't really think it was shit play i just thought when i watched disco mummy dancing around i'm like wow you animated a naked lady and then drew some angled lines to cover that up
0: well the no the 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 ice cream picnic i thought it was like incredibly disgusting
2: oh yeah he's he's touching all their food he's
0: scooping all the ice cream out with his hand
1: oh yeah and and he just pours it on himself
0: and, and then he's, like, using his finger to try to, like, mix it up, and he's licking his fingers while he's making this for everybody. I mean, this was yeah. the just 70s. Like,
1: they had a different version. Maybe he
0: boils himself every day. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe he has such, like, fine molecular control over his body that he can actually just sort of make all dirt and filth just sort of, like, fall off of him.
3: Oh, yeah, he could just ha- have it fall fall away. I'm sure yeah. that he could create, he could force his skin to be, like, have no static electricity by altering the the exterior form of it, yeah, and it's like so.
0: It's like a <laughs> such a like fine microfiber on the outside that like
3: it almost becomes um, hydrophobic, right. To a certain extent. Yeah. Well, n- no material could stick to it. Like that's it, probably it's hard for him to because all his clothes just fall off. Or I mean, <laughs> he, I guess he's not really wearing clothes. It's just his flesh.
1: So going back to Plastic Man. Like, the one th- the way he's dressed is he's wearing, like, this unitard. Mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. dude is absolutely yoked from waist up. Mm-hmm. But it is very clear Plastic Man hates leg day. <laughs> <Because> he skips <laughs>
0: all the leg days. Um, he yep, is just <laughs> jacked
1: as shit <laughs> in his torso up. But his legs are sticks. He's absolutely. also. Sp-
3: He's felt like he is thin through the waist. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. 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 No,
3: like Yeah. He
0: does not have those burthen and hips. And he's and he's got the goggles too. And it does just kind of complete that thought process. He's wearing those goggles. The goggles just are hides his though. eyes.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it, it also kind of dehumanizes him a little bit. So He's not wearing goggles. Those are that is his face. That is
0: his oh, face. Like, he shaped like the whole his face Sonic into the hedgehog
1: those. thing. Like I mean, Yeah. <laughs>
0: So back at the women's prison,
1: yeah. So they bust you, out. You got disco money, mommy. Disco Mummy.
0: Did you ever find out what disco
3: mommy's powers are? Uh, sex. <laughs> I buy it.
1: No, seriously, <laughs>
3: that's a power that that's a power that works on me.
1: I want to talk about how awesome Solex's van is. That car yeah. is like straight sixties, <laughs> early seventies, like rat rod. Oh awesome. yeah. Okay. Like, I actually I actually like how Solex how he's drawn and like his car and his and I was really really impressed with the way that they did and I mentioned this earlier how they did the villains in this show like they weren't generic everybody had an interesting thing
3: I was getting a really yeah. Sunfire vibe from Solex's Ooh, costume Me too I had the yeah. exact same thought Ooh, Who is yes. Sunfire Second generation X-Men Yeah that oh, was one. Cool.
0: What's that era uh, Claremont, era.
3: Claremont, Claremont, yeah. Cl- Claremont,
1: Claremont,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the George the Carlin. Carlin era. When yeah. they were like, seven X-Men, you
3: can't say until television.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet, yeah, I pulled it up. Yeah, that's totally Sunfire. Oh, cool, I wonder if that was, like, the influence for Sunfire with Solex.
0: I think it might have been the other way around, because I'm pretty sure the Claremont X-Men were coming out in... Uh... Was it late 60s 1970s. or 70s? No,
3: this came... First appearance, uh, X-Men number 64 in 1970. 1970. Um, I don't know if he had okay. that costume then, but it's entirely possible. Because he was... um yeah he was. Yeah, he was actually like a known mutant before the... Uh, he wasn't introduced as part of Giant Size X-Men number one.
0: He oh, was okay. uh, like yeah. unknown. He was
3: unknown, yeah.
0: He was supposed to be like uh, Japan's superhero. Like, yeah. Oh, he gotcha. like... He was like a... Uh, guardian of Japan. So,
3: uh also he's
0: kind
1: of a dick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, his so brother, his
0: brother Sunspot, was much better. So,
1: all right. So getting back to it, so Solex brings all the the villains in, and he's like, "Hey, you're gonna work with me." Anyways, they don't like it. They escape. Fast forward to well, Plastic oh, Man.
0: Uh, hold. On. Actually, actually, as they're as they're escaping the women's prison, this is when Plastic Man catches up with them, and Plastic oh, shit. Man yeah, that's see- right. sees the van. The sweet-ass Solex van.
1: And his tactic is to teabag them. Yes, exactly. His his
0: exact words were, I will take care of it doing this. And he basically just spreads his legs and is just straddling the road. And I really was wondering if his attempt was to basically stop them with giant pendulous balls that he just sort of inflates in their way. Either that
1: or like a very aggressive gooch tap.
0: Mm. <laughs> but like, instead they, they hit him with the uh the plot device gun and mm. melt him yes into a puddle they turn him
1: into a puddle
0: yep and and this is where we get get the yes immortal line where plastic man is talking to his sidekicks <laughs> about yeah, what's happening on and he says hey hula go bring me some ice cubes because i gotta get hard again yeah Bro- <laughs> yeah, yeah to, he did. to
3: harden me up i believe <laughs> yes <laughs> to harden me yeah. up yeah yeah well, we know what he's into. <laughs> yeah, ice play, cold, sweet, play? sweet pain. I don't know. Oh, pain. I think we know what yeah.
1: Penny is into. Not necessarily plastic. Well,
3: Penny, Penny's into having her entire interior body cavity coated with a, a semi-soft still. membrane oh. that can stimulate every cell of her body all all at once simultaneously. <laughs> I mean, true. He could be while, the, yeah. while hula watches.
0: Right, supporting the hula (laughs) dancers, drinking a soda. (laughs) He's my bad luck. My bad luck. Right. So, anyways, also, can we talk about how racist it is that they have a Pacific Island character named Hula,
1: (laughs) who talks like he's from the Bronx?
3: I mean, don't even get me started on Penny. I Penny actually makes me sad for the cartoon. It it,
1: Penny's unfortunate.
0: Yeah. Why? Just because she plays the dumb blonde, basically.
3: Yeah cuz she's a horrible stereotype of a character. You know, who's just like a uh, thirsty for plastic man. Yeah, has no real identity, shrill, but super obsessed with her appearance, real thin.
1: Uh yeah, dude, it was the 70s. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jesus. Like <laughs> come yeah. on, she's on
1: FedFan. Nobody was down with the thickness back then. Well, this is the reason <laughs> this is the reason why I was
0: saying in the beginning that this this was reaching for wokeness because they had the female character, they had the female chief, they had the Pacific Islander You literally but every single main one of the character are
1: all pr- is like wearing a unitard with skipping leg day and lacy like cross No, he's whatever. dressed
3: like a 1940s strong man. Like that's he's not it's not a statement. It's just what people yeah. wore. Yeah, but mm. he's got no 90s, ass. 40s, yeah.
1: Dude's not squatting <laughs> shit.
3: <laughs> got... That's your problem: is that he's got no ass. Listen, uh... Penny and her
1: great set of boobs is awesome. Plastic Man has no ass. Jesus. My question is, why does he have a form at all?
3: Like he could just yeah. constantly get like, fluid motion. Yeah. Yeah, like. That's just... Or just like, or
0: just like Slenderman, basically. Even if he wanted to take a humanoid form, but he's yoked to be like a little bit like, more like dude doesn't and... skip bicep day. But he's yoked because he just sort of inflates himself to look that way. Well, I guess he, I guess that could be the case, as he's vain so as well. So why is Hula Fat? Because
2: so. he's a Pacific Islander. Oh, because Jesus. they're racists. That's why. <laughs> <It's> the <laughs>
1: 70s. Anyways, so they go and they talk to the fucking president of the solar company, who uh, evidently has a satellite that takes solar energy and it beams it down least efficient use of solar <laughs> that, energy yeah, ever. That's precisely how exactly. that works. <laughs>
3: also, like, if you look at the image of the satellite, it just looks like it has, like, four fly swatters on it. It does not look like it has a solar array.
1: Like, and that was one of the things when, when starting to watch the show. Another one of the notes I had from earlier on was, because I thought the show was from the 60s, and I'm like, shit, did they have satellites? Like, in the 60s? Like, there's a lot of stuff that was very... Sure. New- like it's kind Sputnik. of 60s-esque. Sputnik, yeah. yeah, but they didn't have, like, solar array suck up the solar energy satellites. <laughs> suck up
0: the solar No, I guess that's true. Because I was actually thinking of the the first rover was actually a Russian rover that was sent to the moon. Mm-hmm. And it was actually uh, nuclear-powered. So.
1: Cool. Yep. So anyways, um, Maybe cut blew to up. a scene where their jet does not work. And Plastic Man then grows about 50-foot toothpick legs and runs it off. Yeah. So I, th- I think this really plays into your, what are these dumbass superpowers they gave him? Yeah. You know. Right. So he,
0: he's like, oh, we're just going to have him Flintstone this plane around. And it's like, w- w- why have the plane at all? If he could just, like, take giant strides like that, he could just pick up his friends. Right. And especially And walk that like, distance. Why lift the plane?
1: It's like 3 or 4 minutes later in the episode, it shows him being a like pneumatic ratchet wrench and fixing the plane.
3: Yes. Yeah. Like
1: it it's it's not a a, a thing of like they, they weren't under attack. They were at the solar plant and the plane doesn't work. So he just picks it up and runs off with it? Why didn't he just fix it? I, I mean, mean the only either
0: th- either fix it or just leave it there and then come back to it. I think I think what it is is it's a status symbol for him.
2: Having he's a like, plane. You
0: know, yeah, he's like, all the cool superheroes have planes. I need to have my plane, even if it's, like, up on cinder blocks.
3: He
1: could be every plane. Like, <laughs> he could be our entire exactly. transportation system if he wished. No, but he has to essentially turn himself into this brontosaurus with long-ass legs and run his plane around. He
3: definitely, The only thing that really explains Plastic Man is that it's kitsch. It's an aesthetic yeah. choice yeah. Yeah. that he's making— to do this in this funny awkward way because that requires no thought because it it has it has to be that he's his dedication he's just dedicated to this aesthetic yeah he's dedicated to the shtick more than anything else
0: so right hey, was- yeah, yeah. yeah. Since, since he is immortal since he is invulnerable since like his life and his existence basically is he doesn't really care because he yeah. can't be and do anything so he just is sort of doing this for entertainment a part of that entertainment is to fulfil the character role that he has made for himself mm. to fool all the people around him into thinking that like, oh yeah, I'm I'm just sort of like this lovable Yes. Forced gump ish type character
3: that's all powerful. It has to it has to I mean it has to be an aesthetic choice. I, I like the idea that he he doesn't really care about catching the villains this is all just flash in the pan for him and yeah. it, it's really like this is a very long improv bit for him well and to be perfectly he honest, can't break character
0: there's evidence to support this once we get to the james bond villain scene later on where he seems to like not even give a shit by the fact that he's about to get
3: lasered in half yeah he's pretty blase about it
1: and actually all jokes aside the origin of plastic man in my research was that Plastic Man was actually a petty criminal who was exposed Mm -hmm. to essentially whatever altering whatnot to make him Plastic Man. So the fact that he's kind of blasé about a bunch of shit, especially with the criminals, kind of makes sense.
0: Well, and he even says, like, as, as we're starting to move along, he even says in that scene where he's about to go and interact with the criminals he was given like a certain set of instructions on how to get to them mm-hmm. and part of it was he was supposed to be blindfolded and Hula was like take off the blindfold just look where you're going you, mm-hmm. you should probably peek through this blindfold and Plastic Man says something along the lines of like no I'm the good guy and the good guys have to keep their word no matter what even yeah. if it's me being stupidly walking into a trap because he doesn't care because it is like it's all part of the persona that he's trying. Yeah, to, it's a bit to play out. So yeah.
3: he's basically he's doing what we're doing right now, making a shitty, like dumb podcast with like half thought out bits in it. That's his whole life. But it's he's always life, yeah. doing a podcast. <laughs> he, he's like the Andy Kaufman of uh, superheroes.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Basically, <Yes.
3: laughs> he's like the Andy Kaufman
1: of Joe Rogans. <laughs> he I come to save the same day. <laughs> All right, so moving moving forward, we go into about a three and a half minute montage of essentially the villains robbing places. Once they get their loot, Solex shows up, hits them with the plot device gun, takes their loot, goes back to Plastic Man running the airplane around, finding the robbery after you know it happens, going back to another villain, and we kind of recycle this for for a hot minute. And then the camera pans to a place called the Fish Bar.
3: Well, I think this just goes to the like the, the thing that is the driving force this episode. Solex has terrible people skills. Really terrible, horrible yes. people skills.
1: And that's what our villains are talking about. Is that Solex, who promised to be essentially the, the ultra villain and have them work for him, are now complaining about it at the Fish Bar. And essentially they come to the conclusion that they need to call Plastic Man.
3: This is the scene where really the weed started to win my heart. At first, it was I was attracted to the the flash and pizzazz of uh, Disco Mummy, and then Captain Clam really captured my ha- heart
0: with his with his subtle authority. And his, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure that the the actual bar is probably owned by Captain Clam, and that's the whole reason why he was broken out of prison. It was either that, or he was supposed to be a snack for Solux. I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah his, his his subtle like stoic interface with the world is really what kind of sets Captain yeah. up for for me. like I really loved him for that. <laughs>
1: Wait, you don't mean the eye patch? <laughs> <laughs>
3: How about the teeny tiny captain's hat? The teeny little captain's hat that he That's has right. on him and half ape a classic half ape is amazing, but this is yeah. really where the weed started to capture my heart a- and for no other reason that just he looks like he he looks like a 19 what the 1960s thought potheads were doing like just like this, <laughs> this yes. gross guy he's, he's clearly drenched in sweat and filthy and just masturbating under his, his uh, long jacket long his hair coats. is terrible yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and it kind of looks like
0: it's kind of looks like a man that was made out of have you ever seen uh, elephant poop, where like they just like have a lot of fibrous <laughs>
3: material in it? Yeah, 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 like that. He, basically, he looks like he, yeah, he looks like he's uh, constructed out of dryer lint.
1: Yeah. And so to go back to one of my previous points, yes, <laughs> we may be clowning on essentially how the villains look and whatnot, but they're not generic, and that was actually very cool about this show. They had these. these they did have yeah, the, yeah. The, the villains weren't just like, oh, here's bad wolf man or whatever. Like, they had a clam with an eye patch with a captain's hat on.
0: They could talk. Yeah. That's he, ridiculous. He, he, he was vocal, so. Yeah.
1: And Disco like, yeah. Mommy,
0: we we talked about Disco Mommy looking like a nude woman that was covered in, in rags, but she was also wearing a... A purple blazer or a hot pink yeah. blazer. <laughs> yeah, for, for what reason? So. And,
3: and she has hair. She's got good. a nice she, head of hair.
0: Yeah, sheer sure hair. Like, and thigh-high yeah. boots, yeah. And this half is really... ape
1: is literally vertically one half ape, one half <laughs> yeah. human.
2: Yes. Yeah. Left half is ape. Yep. The sinister half.
3: I mean, this is the tick Evil of its half. time.
0: It was like, yeah this was the tick of its time you are absolutely
1: right like how is this different from the tick at all really <laughs> yeah this, oh yes, I, yeah. I didn't even think of it that way yeah but it's that's one of the areas where it shines there's a lot of areas where it doesn't but anyways so they show up to this random swamp in Louisiana they tell they tell plastic man that he has to be blindfolded and then get on a remote controlled boat. Ride the remote control boat till it stops, and then take twenty paces. It says, mm. I think it says twenty steps or twenty feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He no, takes I think it 20, twenty paces, steps. and he ends up in in the fish bar where they're at. And yeah. he meets the villains. And what they end up doing is they say to him, "Hey, we're a bunch of villains. Solex promised us to be awesome, but every time we rob something or do some nefarious shit." He ends up stopping us with his solar gun. We need you to stop Solex so that we can go back to being villains. And then Plastic Man says, okay, if I do that, you're going to turn yourselves in. And they're like, yeah, we'll totally do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. they're like, we promise we'll do that. And he's like, okay, since you promise, you're good at your word, and I'll take you for it. Mm -hmm. What
3: a noob.
1: And anyways, after this entire scene goes down, he leaves, and they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Yeah, like they're all like <laughs> the clams. Like oh, yeah, Plastic Man believed us, but Plastic Man's a dumbass. Yeah, the eye patch and the hat and the
3: helmet, it's his little captain's hat. They aren't even the same scale to each other. No, no
1: they're, they're not. not. No. Captain's is is much captain's smaller. smaller? <laughs> yeah, it's it's designed for a shrimp, I guess. I don't know what's <laughs> smaller than a clam. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's much smaller. It's a krill, Captain Hunt? I don't
1: know. Yeah. So our heroes decide that what they're going to do is they are going to build a completely fake city bank. Plastic Man is going to assume the identity of one of the villains. They are going to rob the bank with the fake money and the fake alarm. On their way out of the bank, Solex, of course, very easily determines that Plastic Man is now fake half-ape. Puts him in his, his solar container yeah. ray, I so, guess? So, well, like,
0: he uses... This is when we see the plot device gun, like, really shine. Because at this point in time, we have now determined that the plot <laughs> device gun can melt stone and steel walls. Yes. It can recharge computer head.
1: It could very clearly kill our heroes. Yeah, it can, no. it can
0: melt Plastic Man. It can retard Plastic Man's abilities. And right now we're seeing it it can freeze people's movement in place, yeah. create a force field, because even in this scene, Plastic Man is, like, pounding against some sort of invisible field, whereas every other time he's used it, people are just frozen in place.
3: I think it's supposed to show how strong Plastic Man is, that nobody else is able to move, but he's able to move but he a can little bit. Resist it, okay. Yeah. And then it also can uh, telekinetically move
0: objects, as well as cut through steel and other dense materials.
3: Yes. This gun's the shit.
0: This is like the best weapon ever.
3: It's not even like a good it's not even that good a weapon. It's got a million other uses, you know, peacetime uses that would be much more useful like Yeah. Just like it, it, if it just you needs energy like it's not you don't need to fire it. Just have it continually going. It can you you don't need shelving in your warehouse and you could simply bring any object to you at any time.
0: And it's relatively small. It's portable. It seems like it's lightweight.
2: Yeah. Get a it couple... just needs a dedicated satellite in space. Yep. Right? Well, that I
1: means I... all this bullshit down to you. Jeff's working yeah. on it.
3: Well, he was up there scouting uh... out the property, the area. <laughs> <laughs> totally in a dick shaped <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah. so So, Plastic Man's perfect ruse is foiled.
1: It is. And then, to your point. Where this plot device weapon could have just murdered our heroes. What does Solex do? He puts them on a sheet of steel or aluminum with a bunch at of straps. At the sawmill. At yeah. the sawmill. And then he belt. sends them yeah. on a conveyor belt at an extraordinarily slow speed towards his solar beam that's cutting this plate in half.
0: Yes, and this is the, this is the James Bond villain death I was
3: referring to earlier. Yeah.
0: This is yeah. the
1: scene in Austin Powers where he's like, what are you doing?
3: Well, that's the parody. Austin Powers yeah. is yeah. The, parody the parody of parody the James Bond of scene.
1: No, I know. It's, it's the scene from Goldfinger where James Bond is going to get cut in half dick first, yeah. and then they yeah. parodied it in Austin Powers. But here they tried to do it for suspense, and you're just like, what the fuck? Whoa
0: and the suspense is broken though because we this is when it proves to us that Plastic Man is really just sort of playing a character and doesn't care about anything <laughs> because he says to Solex something along the lines of like you won't win or like something like Come Up is coming for you or something strange like that and Solex is like no it isn't and Plastic Man just smiles and says oh well i what I meant to say was I hope you yeah, I prefer. Defeated. But he's yeah, smiling I... the whole fucking time. He's yeah, smiling.
1: He's a, he's a dick.
3: He's having a great time.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: I. I think, no, this points to like the, his recognition of the moral ambiguity of right and wrong and law and order in, in, at all. All he's saying no is that he prefers order. You know? <laughs> Not that there's any sort of universal truth or rightness or any sort of justice in any sense of the world. That's simply that this is the way that he prefers the world to be, and he's enacting his will upon it.
1: Sweet. So can all, we talk about well. the very next scene all where all the weed mobile shows up?
3: Yes. And this is when I helicopter. fell in
1: love with the weed. Yes. He is flying this helicopter, weed helicopter that is covered in, like, I guess, plants. Plants. It's just, like, the fuzziest helicopter you've ever seen. And he's flying it along, looking like he's done, like, 16 <laughs> Gator tails of cocaine. And he's like, unfortunately, we have to save Plastic Man. And he's got the whole crew of baddies. In this fuzzy ass helicopter behind him. Uh, what I love about it is that it, it looks like they even didn't even really do a good
3: <laughs> job decorating it with the weeds. It's just like <laughs> on the top and clinging to the bottom.
1: No, it's <laughs> like he left it outside after slathering it in butter for a month. It's just <laughs> <Right>. fuzzy. <laughs> I've never seen a fuzzier helicopter. but the best part about the the helicopter is they show an interior view of the helicopter. And they have all the villains, but they have a <laughs> evidently a shelf for the clam to be right <laughs> at like it's, yeah, it's, it's an aquarium. So <laughs>
3: like it's an aquarium.
1: It's like you can okay, see,
3: you can see uh, the robot's hand on the back of the aquarium. Yeah,
0: like just resting on top of it. Yeah.
1: So anyways, the the friendly villains, I guess yeah. they land yeah. and we have the weed being like, Oh, I can't save him, and then, you know, sexy disco mummy is like okay yeah we're gonna save you and then computer head just goes and squishes the the death rate it
0: like, just smashes just, it, it, it just smashes the plight of de- the plot device gun that is, right. s- has been yeah. the There's ultimate no, weapon this entire time nope, like, no no
1: build-up no nothing he squashes it like it's a fly he's just and
0: like, why the f- why the fuck did they just not use it cut plastic man into little cubes and then like Taken the gun and gone after Sorlex themselves at that point.
1: Yep. Because they, so, they have
0: the
3: magic weapon. Why not use it? Nope. He could tra- like if Plastic Man he could trans himself form himself into everyone's favorite sex toy. Like you everyone gets a little cube of Plastic Man, it just forms itself to your junk. <laughs> it Man. just perfectly form for Every fitting. cavity, every uh every oh. phallus, Or, yeah, yeah, or the inverse, you know, you can, you you know, and uh, he constantly sexually satisfies the entire population of the earth.
1: Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's, (laughs) that's
3: probably,
0: (laughs) that's one of the, like, future series, you know how, like, they had, uh, Spider-Man 2199. Yeah, yeah. That (laughs) That was, that was Plastic Man 2022.
3: So. Yeah, it's, it's Plastoman sixty nine, sixty nine. <laughs> totally.
1: I mean this this cartoon is rife, full of fucking sexual innuendo, like it's oh, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So, anyways, after after they bust out of there, they get back in the jet. They then fly towards the solar observatory, and I think my favorite scene in the entire episode is when they show up to the solar observatory. Instead of landing, they just pancake that plane in like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not even like it's not even like I don't think you we know, talked about mean. it but the, the, it just, the plane boom. has
3: VTOL capabilities Yeah. oh yeah. yeah it
1: does but it doesn't do any sort of animation of like oh hey there's like downward jetting exhaust or anything it's just like alright we're yep. here yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fucking amazing <laughs> just bam so they get up to this random solar observatory and they get to this door and I I think it's Hula goes, "Oh, we can't get in." And then Plastic Man's like, "I can get in." Turns himself into a sheet of printer paper, slides under the door, opens it and then goes, "I'm inviting you in." And it's just <laughs> fucking
2: ridiculous. See, at this like... point,
0: I wonder I really wonder if if Hula is being forced to play a part as well because he's observed plastic man up to this point in time he knows all of plastic man's abilities so i could see them like coming up to this door and like plastic man stopping at the door and hula just looking at him like why aren't you going in the plastic man clears his throat and looks at hula and says "Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm." courtesy of say your line oh we can't get in plastic man oh no
2: (laughs) oh see i was wondering if hula was a vampire
0: no,
1: who was, like, who was a Hawaiian? He had, who he had to get invited like in Brooklynite.
2: Yeah,
3: I like, I like the idea that Plastic Man has like trained his own straight man to, yeah. to do his bidding. So he's like, you know, say your prompt, or I'll live inside your intestines for another month.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so they get in, and they find a bigger. De- Okay, so plot, plot they go in, they find yeah. a bigger version of the plot device gun, which yeah. in the initial scene looks like it's about the size of kind of a movie projector. Yeah, it's like a, there's a bunch of There's a bunch of dialogue that goes on, and then Plastic Man goes up next to it, and it's the size a of like a car. fucking dump truck. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. It is Like, they just, they drew it completely wrong. Solex is up there like, oh, hey, you escaped, you're going to see my shit. Whatever, he starts doing his thing. Plastic Man turns into plastic, goes up, becomes suction cup man. Suction mm-hmm. cups himself to this glass. Solex then discharges his solar ray out. Plastic Man's like, "Fuck you! You created a hole in the window." I forget exactly what he says. Pokes his head in. I got a yeah. yeah. plan right now. Is, is able to up. like,
0: yeah, is able to pull like a uh, a T two.
1: Yeah, yeah. he, the, the he
2: turns
3: into
1: uh, like a big, big yeah. eel.
3: I did like when he turns when he has section cup hands and feet, though. He yep. like, turn, yeah. turned himself into a Garfield.
1: And then of all the things yeah. that he could turn himself into to chase, to chase down Solex, Solex yeah. he turns into a spring, and he springs his way, captures him, tightens him up, the fuzzy helicopter shows up, and then they get into a laser sword fight because that was yes, precisely where because, this episode was going.
0: <laughs> because Solux
3: has a, that. A,
0: a lightsaber that he just right. pulls out of
1: nowhere. No, it's a solar powered sword.
3: And they, they don't yeah. really have a, fi- a fight. What they have is an animation cycle that they play ad <laughs> yes, nauseum. <they> do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's the same five movements over and over yeah, again. Of
0: Plastic yeah. Man just dodging sword blows.
3: Uh, meanwhile, uh, Weed, Half Ape, Clam, Disco Mummy, and Computer Head have arrived, having seen the action on a TV screen somehow.
1: Yeah. And they have they have talked multiple times about how they were going to essentially sell, you know, sell out Plastic Man, and then this is the time to do it. Plastic Man gets on the top of the dump truck, plot device weapon, turns them into a solar barrier or whatever you want yeah. to call it. And then turns it against Solex, turns him into a solar barrier, and then brings him using the dump truck size solar weapon mm-hmm. down yeah. down next to him, talks about how they're all captured. And then in a very Scooby Doo moment, which yep. I kind of expected, yeah. kinda of didn't expect, they
3: Oh, I definitely expected it.
1: They demask yeah, yeah. Solex. And it turns out to be the solar, essentially the solar plant supervisor who was just like, I wanted to be a supervillain. Surprise. It's the
3: only other character in this cartoon.
0: And and Solex Solex then says, and I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for those pesky five supervillains.
1: Pretty much. Yeah, (laughs) he was like, hey, they were going to work for me, but then they didn't want to. And that's how it did. And then the episode concludes with sexy Carmen San Diego giving him a like Busted, a, a nice, plastic
0: man's yep. balls one last time. Yep, uh-huh. she was like,
1: "Hey, when you created that balloon, you were full of
3: hot air."
1: Yeah, when did he create a balloon?
3: Uh, he says he's going to fight light with light by becoming lighter than air. Yep,
1: yeah. during the solar during the, sword fight. Yeah.
3: The mm. solar saber.
1: And that is the synopsis of Plastic Man.
3: Yes, he does a wild take to camera at the as the closer for this show. He's clearly aware that he's in a cartoon.
1: Who Plastic Man?
3: Yes. Yep.
1: I believe so as well.
3: The other thing I love about Plastic Man more than I can really say is that he has a deep V both in the front and in the back.
1: He's I mean he is he is wearing some sexy attire. Yeah. yeah. Like he he is very very, you know, he is cool with his body. All right, David. Get to the questions. Get to my favorite part. Whatever I host, this is my favorite part. Let's let's talk about this shit for an hour. It's going to be amazing. Okay, so, uh, since this is the Terrible Five,
2: which character would you like to play if this were an RPG? Ooh. Oh, easy fucking answer. Mm. Easy answer.
0: Go for it. What? Go for it. What is it?
2: Well, it's obviously not going to be uh, Weedman because Weedman flies a helicopter. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. And Derek is
0: famously anti helicopter. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Clam, duh. Ooh. Oh, you wanna be
2: Captain Clam,
1: okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually I think the best character to play from this from an RPG perspective would actually be weed. Mhm.
3: Okay. What's up? You can drink while you're at the table. Yeah. It doesn't matter that you're a little fucked up. That's kind of the character, you know?
1: No, I mean he, <laughs> like Clam, kind of put off the vibe that he was quote in charge, but it was Weed who was always essentially making the decisions and and doing whatever. He had a cool helicopter. He was a strategist, yeah. yeah. Uh, you had Disco Mummy who literally had no powers. You had Computer Head who was. Are you a saying robot.
0: that busting a move on the dance floor is not a power? It's a power. She power didn't I see it in this she, episode. She was like she was the bard of this group
1: yeah like she really she, she
0: she had the charisma she was giving everybody bardic inspiration Buffs. by dancing yeah
1: yeah mm-hmm. she was just naked the whole time
0: <laughs> have you ever played but, bard? but um <laughs> for the weed, most part though, yeah. weed also hinted at the fact that he had chemistry abilities like he had a skill set dedicated to yeah. chemistry because when solex busted him he actually had created a a vial of orange liquid that he said would help him complete his experiment and take over the city.
3: Yes. Yeah, jizz. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a total pothead. You, you know, like he's doing fucking doing fucking chemistry high on his mind. So he was the alchemist, essentially, of the school.
0: Pretty much, yeah. So. No, yeah. He, would, he
1: would have been the coolest one to play in a D&D universe. I right? mean, okay, he's, so he's, so he's the wizard. He's like a classic wizard. Oh, easy.
3: Yes, yes. So you'd go with The Weed. Matt, who would you play? Honestly, I would also play The Weed, but in reality, I'm a Hulu. Hula. Hula, Hula? The bad luck. <laughs> hula, Hula. Uh,
1: the the Coca-Cola-drinking, overweight, mm-hmm. <laughs> Pacific Islander who talks like he's from Brooklyn.
3: And he's got terrible luck.
0: So I think I would actually play Captain Clam, because mm-hmm. he is, a, um, he is a, sp- a specific spec build of a character... That is specialized in one field <laughs> that he does not get to play in at all throughout yeah. the entire game.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. So he's your, he's he's your constitution build, like in a in a game that never the, does yeah. combat.
0: No, well, I was also thinking he was like the he was the water build. He was like designed oh, yeah, for yeah. pirate adventures, and we're actually playing the game in a landlocked area <laughs> right. of New Jersey. So, yeah. See, yeah.
2: I thought he put all his points into resources because he has all the (laughs) location. oh that's true which which is why I thought he would be Mike
0: (laughs) I (laughs) know I could see that being Mike actually yeah he owns a bar he just sort of hangs out says something drunk every now and again otherwise has no skill sets that contribute to the rest of the team yeah
3: by far the most worthless character is
0: Robot Head yeah Computer Head
2: Computer Ed? Yeah, he,
3: yeah, he's completely inconsequential. He only,
0: he only seems to have super strength. That's it. The only thing he ever did was break the plot, to, the plot device. Go.
3: Which, frankly, any of them could have done had they simply just yeah. pointed it in a different direction.
2: He also flew all of them out of the uh, solarium when they decided they are not going to work for Solex.
3: Oh, did he really?
0: The,
2: he, oh,
3: that's true. That's right.
0: They like, he did.
2: Well, well, well they, they all, like, got up on the table, and he picked up the table and flew out.
3: So he's like he's like the union leader of the group. <laughs> he's
1: the union organizer? Yeah.
3: <laughs> David? I, yeah, who would you play, David?
2: I, I was really uh, amused by Computerhead's name.
3: <laughs> so. I'm
0: sorry, it ter- David. It turns out Computerhead's only ability was actually to fly, and he's just a normal guy that wears a reel-to-reel style punk uh cyberpunk sort of mask yeah it sounds like me the computer head is really just sort of like part of his costume that's it right it's an aesthetic has nothing to do with his abilities yeah
2: yeah
1: i could see that i mean computer head was cool like don't get me wrong he was a cool <laughs> villain
3: he's underutilized here criminally underutilized oh, easily
1: but oh, yeah. in the 70s, like, nobody really knew what computers could do. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's true. I mean, honestly, like, they crunched a bunch of numbers to send mm-hmm. people to the moon. And then yeah. by the late 70s, like, a home computer could do, like, word processing, calculator, and Pong. And that was it. Yeah. So yeah, what can Computer Head really do? Like, in... 2022 computer head can like do deep fakes and quantum mechanics and yeah, porn. No, shut, no he changed down his name in 1979. Brain. What can he do? He can be like bleep
3: in modern day. Bleep. He changed his name to Meme Lord and he just pictures prints out pictures of <laughs> dick butt and hands up to That's people. That's true. <laughs> That's all he does. He Just
1: emails you dick butt all the time <laughs> in gif form so you just see. All
2: right, what else we got? Of course, uh And, of course, Dan would be Solex because he's just waiting there for the other five to come crawling back to him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Dan? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, I want
1: to see how Dan's doing on his mini painting. I'm going to shoot him a text.
3: All right. Tell him to post more photos.
1: I know, right? I've got to also start painting, too. I'm wasting my talent. Okay.
3: Mm. (laughs) I've always said that about you.
2: I feel like I don't really need to ask this, but just to make it official, uh...
3: I like it. Well, I don't. Well, who cares what you don't like? I care.
2: Just to make it official, should we keep this on the list? Oh, hell yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah.
1: The whole, big like, quasi-60s, like, absolutely sexist nonsense... Yeah late it, 70s it's the so... double
0: the double and triple entendre of like half the shit they say yes
1: oh it's it's great and the fact that fucking plastic man does not do leg day <laughs> yeah. easy yeah Guy's got we biceps got... the size of basketball <laughs> we have to keep that just so fucking... mike <laughs>
3: just so mike can make his one joke oh god yeah <laughs> which Mike's is actually talking joke,
1: about penny so. for about three weeks
3: he yes the thing with this show, though, is there's definite t- there's definite times when they are making sex jokes, but a lot of the plot devices and stuff, like you know the the being tied to the sawmill, the like being blindfolded in the bayou, that kind of stuff, like it feels very like they're playing to tropes, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. so it it's hard to say if that's if it's intentional or not, right? Like, are those parts really smart and tongue-in-cheek, or are they just, <laughs> are they just kind of like, it is? Is it is it really the bad thing it's pretending to be, kind of?
1: So when we started all of this, and I said this show was both simultaneously great and terrible, that's precisely what I was talking about, Matt. Yeah. Like, I went into the show thinking it was going to be awful in both subject matter presentation scope. Etc. And at the end of it, I, I really enjoyed it because I I don't know if they thought that they were being I, I don't know you know I guess is the 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 big answer to that did they know that they were being like did were they being tongue in cheek were they trolling
0: yeah was this incredibly clever or was this just dumb and blind to its own I'd writing, like to think they were
1: basically. being clever because it was a show based off a cartoon in the 60s that they tried to do like 1960s kind of subject matter but yet presented in a late 70s variety Sunny and Cher style show with I don't know.
3: Yeah, maybe it's because it is that kind of cutting edge comedy that's making fun of the tropes and the form itself. It doesn't age well, right? Because those forms are always kind of being that's been done and it's now we're yeah, doing right. you know, we're doing that on top we're hat on top of a hat of of everything. Yeah. Yeah. So this this feels this doesn't feel as satiric and cutting and, and sharp as you know Venture Brothers does because mm-hmm. it's just not well, I feel like this is
0: for us. I do feel like this is a contemporary of the old Adam West Batman. Like it does feel like it has that similar type of camp attached to it and that old Adam West Batman was very much it was it was camp for camp's sake the whole point of it was to be that over the top cheesiness
3: well there's a ton of there's a ton of like social commentary and, and uh, uh, satiric bits in inside uh, of that old yes. Adam West yeah and I think, you know, like watching it as a kid, those I completely missed them, you know, like Oh no yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was I was just excited to be biff, see Biff and uh Swang and, and Newt. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Appearing <laughs> on the screen.
1: <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean I never thought that the original like the nineteen sixties Batman feature length T V movie was actually satire but I guess if you think about it, yeah, it was. Put it on the list. Keep it on the list. <laughs> yes. I remember watching that as a kid. I loved it. I fucking loved that.
3: Movie. I hated it as a kid. I didn't really? get it. I mean, yeah, yeah, I yeah. did not get I, it at I, all. I was in the
0: same boat. I, well, I had the... Um, I, think, I think we had the Tim Burton, Jack Nicholson as the Joker, Michael Keaton as Batman oh, gotcha. come out kind of around that same time frame when I was just getting into Batman. So it was like... Why do I want to watch this, like, colorful crap where people are dancing around when I ha- can I have this, like, dark gritty,
3: gritty, Realistic. Yeah. 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 You know, but, he hangs upside down like a bat when he sleeps.
1: It's so, crazy, right? <laughs> the the counterpoint oh to that is I actually he... was not allowed to watch the original Batman, like the 1989 uh, yeah, not Tim Burton Batman. And I saw the 1960 whatever that was, 8, 9... I saw that before I saw the 1989 version and so mm. to me as a kid like the old school Adam West Batman was Batman like biff pow you know mm. all that yeah. sort of stuff and the first time I saw like Batman I was like ooh cool you know but it wasn't it wasn't something where I saw that version first and then I went back and saw the Adam West one and was like oh this is campy as fuck I definitely saw See. the
3: Adam West one first, because I remember like uh, w- they would play it in the afternoon cartoon block when I lived in Hawaii. And, oh yeah, and it was like, just an—it felt like an insult that like it meant you were coming to the end of the cartoons and it was getting on towards five o'clock. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm gonna have to go home, and instead of showing us the best cartoon or like you know the the they're they've crammed in this garbage, mm-hmm. Ugh, made me so yeah. angry.
0: I used to watch it in uh, when we were living in Berlin because it was actually showing on AFN, and it was yeah. actually oh like, god AFN. Like a, it was you a smoke too much. You frame. gamble too much. You drink yeah. too much. You
1: <laughs> fucking do all these awful fucking things.
0: But it was it would come on like at like a random time. I think it was actually well after the cartoons, but yeah. still like before prime time that that it would come on, and I just remember. The fucking this is what stuck with me throughout my entire lifetime. <laughs> they're, they're Your fighting, entire life, holy shit! They're, they're fighting the Riddler, or they're trying to find out where the Riddler is. And the clue that the Riddler left was just like a piece of paper that said, "What weighs fifteen pounds and is deadly and sits in a tree?" And fucking Robin looks at Batman and says. A sparrow with a machine gun. And that was the right answer. That's what stuck with me.
1: What is our next, uh, what's our next segment?
0: Sumerian Redemption, where our efforts are rewarded with the opportunity to fuck each other over. This is where we spend all of our goodwill Adding and removing cartoons from the sacred list.
2: So, Derek, what was that thing you wanted to do last time to make a change to the list? Oh, yeah. Um,
0: oh, I see it. Derek to add the legend of Sarmati, Siegfried yes, and Roy. Yes, yes. the <laughs> Siegfried
1: and Roy thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking toad an list. In there. Yep, it's well, on the wait list. I didn't even, not even remember yep. I
3: wrote that note.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was looking at S. I was like, oh, fuck, what is it? The Legend of Surmati? Two gay dudes, bunch of gay tigers. One guy gets his face ripped off. <laughs> oh, my God. It. This is going to be,
0: like, probably one of the most poor-taste episodes we make. Because there's no be... way we're not going into that.
2: <laughs> oh, God. All right, Adam, I believe you have the next redemption.
0: Okay, there is no way that I am not adding the new Kids on the Block cartoon. Oh,
1: Jesus. Thank God. <laughs> I what? thought you were going to add another fucking Spider-Man. I was like, God damn it. No, no. Duck we'll tails. get there eventually. But... Nope. <laughs> Everybody wants to see the No, if,
0: if we could add live action, I would definitely add the spider Man, the uh, Japanese Spider-Man. We could add live-action. Live action we already have, like, H.R. Puff and stuff. and
1: Yeah, but Dude, they're, if you have... they're
0: kind of cartoony live-action, so.
1: If you have a Japanese Spider-Man, let's put it in.
0: Spider-Man. Bucket. Spider-Man. Spiderman. Can, can, David, could you find Spider-Man? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty big ask of you, I know.
3: I find, do you actually
2: kind of know what you're talking about.
3: I I find it hard to believe that you don't already have it, David.
2: I don't. <laughs> I think I think you're having us on. I don't watch. I don't watch that much sub stuff. What What
0: David had more to do into in to get this is he had to print out. He had to print out each individual, like scene, like each individual moment in the episode, and then turn it into a flip book. And he's only about halfway through that.
2: (laughs) All right, so let's talk about Plastic Man. Now I found that.
0: Okay. Oh, yes. How did you find Plastic Man?
2: (laughs) So I actually rejoined the Netflix uh, DVD program and had it mailed to me. Nice. No shit, really? (laughs) Nice, David. It's amazing. Uh, There's quite a number of obscure stuff still available.
0: Just uh, on DVD. You've uh, you've done yes, that the before. Netflix DVDs. Wow!
2: No, not for this. Not well, for,
0: not, not for this series, or not for this podcast.
2: Not since starting this series. Damn, Damn David. So we owe you some money. We owe you the. Nah. Uh, <laughs> no, we owe Netflix you for the Netflix
3: subscription.
0: The Netflix subscription.
3: <laughs> so we um. You know what? I'll say all the profits from this episode can go to you. Every bit of it. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's
0: interesting that you say that because we do have marketing up and running now. And we did get a $50,000 marketing ad from the U.S. Army. <laughs> marketing ad. Yeah. So did we're going to be really? running a, a U.S. Army ad in this episode. Oh, no, my <laughs> God. <really. laughs>
1: Jesus.
2: It's from the. It's from the Detroit
3: Police Department. It's part of the community <laughs> outreach. Oh, boy.
1: All right. So, David, what do we got to finish out?
0: Adam, what did you want to do? Oh, I'm adding new kids on the block. Oh, you are doing
2: that? Yes.
0: <laughs> OTB? Oh, you- There's no way I'm not doing oh, that. Oh, yes. you were serious about that. Yes. Is is this going to totally fuck you, David? Or are you going to have to, like...
2: Uh, That's like- just, like, a listing. I... Saw in the Deke catalog. okay oh, <laughs> so, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh boy, nice. So we'll see how how findable that is. I like the okay. idea that we uncover
3: lost media. I, I like that part of this show where, like, there might be some right. activism where, like,
2: we have to go and crowdsource the <laughs> kids on the block cartoon and, and save it. Well, let's hope it's a cartoon. gets yeah. on the block.
0: Is an animated television series.
2: I don't to it. It lasted a season from
0: 1990 on ABC. So it's actually owned by Disney.
2: 1990?
0: Yep. 1990 owned by Disney. It might be on Disney Plus. It's not. I can yeah, promise I so. you. I
2: can promise you. I it's don't not. know. There's some weird shit on there. i uh, Yeah. <laughs> Might be one of those you actually have to type in the name before it shows it to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have to correctly spell it or else it won't show it yeah. to you.
0: And it, it has a little block that pops up that says, are you sure? And you have to actually like click yes.
3: <laughs> you have, it, it's like, what was Joey's real middle name? And if you don't know it...
0: <laughs> well, that brings us to would you let your
3: kids watch this? Hmm. I don't like how they depict <clears throat> women. I really I don't like Penny at all. I think she's really makes me feel icky. So I don't like that. So probably not.
0: That makes sense. That's all that totally makes sense. Plus I like the weird innuendo. How about you, Derek? Um Would you let kid number one watch I do not I d
1: I, I don't I don't think I don't have an offense to the show based on subject matter. I just think there's better shows out there. <laughs> yeah. Like that
0: That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I
1: mean that that's kinda of my opinion on this. I enjoyed this show. Um but at the end of the day, like would I have a problem? Yeah, not really. But would I show her a lot other better shows? Absolutely.
0: Nice. So it's a matter of like not wasting her time on this filth or on the dregs of this uh, uh-huh.
1: uh yeah, garbage. no, that's a hundred percent. That's what it would be. Yeah. Is it, it would be like I wouldn't show her the show because of things that would make me say, "Hey, don't watch this show." I would not show her the show just because it's bad. It was, it was bad. Yeah.
0: No sense of wasting the
1: time. Yeah, yeah. Fair There's enough. been a bunch of a bunch of better ones. We want cartoons twenty six hours a day.
0: Reverse retcon, where the future is decided by a complex series of dice rolls that would put Wizards mm-hmm. of the Coast to shame.
2: I think it does because that's who I'm using to roll.
0: <laughs> I knew it. Well, yeah. You, you, I, we said it such during one of the episodes, I believe.
2: What is index 576?
1: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Alright. Uh, index 576?
0: Wow, that's low on the list. Mm-hmm. Is one. going to be
1: X-Men? Uh, it's the last
2: thing it's,
3: it's nothing
1: yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an unassigned it's, index it's, it's, oh, yeah. Nothing. Yeah, it's David,
3: literally
2: nothing stack overflow <laughs>
3: stack overflow <laughs> <laughs>
2: memory out of bounds yeah, yeah, roll uh, again I'll tell you what Derek this next one's going to you okay. okay do you want something random from the movies list or the live action list Whoa. Ooh, um, no
3: no
1: Interesting. Ooh, guys, what do I want?
3: Movies or live action? Well, you I guess you can have three, right? We got our traditional list or movies or live action. Or
0: are you saying no, David? David
1: said movies or live action.
3: No,
0: cuz yeah, cuz this is the overflow. This goes to the next list.
1: What? Oh my so this god. this is going to So uh, this is going you, to movies you know or what, live action. You know what David? I want mm. movies.
0: Oh Movies. no! Movies.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Oh Movies.
3: my god! Jesus. I'm just looking at this list and I am.
2: Oh my god. Cringing. <laughs> no. Let's
1: do it.
2: Oh my oh god. god! Oh sweet Jesus! Twenty-seven. Oh.
1: Okay. I
3: have no. I have to add oh, something. Oh my god! Twenty-seven. Oh shit! That's going to be impossible to find. <laughs> you hey, Joe, the movie. No, no, that's easy to find. The movie list, the
0: movie list is labyrinth. It is labyrinth. It is not impossible to find. This is classic, David Bowie.
1: Oh, um, I get labyrinth. The whole yeah,
3: boys. yes, Jesus.
1: Wow. Oh my god. Shit. Oh my that god. Is
0: amazing.
1: Uh. Okay. So, the night that we do that episode, everybody has to wear. Leggings and cod pieces <laughs> <laughs> So just a normal night for me
0: And, and the cod pieces Absolutely. have to be stuffed with potpourri Because oh, that's what my. he did He stuffed it with potpourri oh, it's so sh- the, uh, It would smell so dick. good Stuffed with my Wait. dick <laughs> Well he, he did that because the, dick is that big the, <laughs> It's his biggest the, the hand juggler it's, yeah. The hand juggler Duh. in the scene that was playing with a crystal ball Oh shit! His face was right next to David Bowie's dick so David Bowie <laughs> took up a satchel of potpourri and stuffed it in there so the guy didn't have to smell his dick <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Hold on. Jesus. <laughs> this, this is going to be amazing. I hope that you were prepared for like a six-hour show because there is <laughs> okay, so much I've fucking got- backstory we're going to be shoving into this. Uh, so
1: <laughs> I got to go to bed. But I am super
0: excited for this one. This really might have to be like a... a Amazingly terrible uh before dark episode where we actually like try to record it during the daytime, so we're not like oh yeah trying to get to bed so
1: I think that I think this one has to be done during the saturday okay where we where we start at like three p m with like a pizza and a a six pack of beer piece, and then we just kind of go from there this is just this is
0: insane to me the fact that you actually set up a stack overflow to go to. <laughs>
2: The movie
0: and/or live-action list.
2: <laughs> oh, I didn't. And one of you, one of you tried to fix it, and I put it back in too. Yeah, I, oh, I think shit. I think it was probably me
0: that tried to fix it. Honestly, uh, that's insane.
2: Wait a minute we
3: we missed the California Raisins claymation Christmas for fucking Labyrinth. We've been robbed. Yeah, we did. We've been robbed. Hey, the, yeah,
0: Labyrinth still has claymation in it, so I right. still got some stop so... capture motion, or stop motion capture in there. So, on a future episode of Amazingly Terrible, we'll be watching Labyrinth, the movie. But next time on Amazingly Terrible, we will be watching Super Mario Brothers, episode number 51 Star Koopa.
1: Ooh. When is Glow Friends?
2: (laughs) You'll find out. Okay. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's part of the My Little Pony and Friends. They were the friends to My Little Pony, they were the Glow Friends. Another um, soulless cash grab for kids' imaginations.
3: Yes. So. They they had dolls. They were like a combination of plastic and stuffing, like a cabbage patch kit. With radioactive material on the inside.
0: Yes. Glowed. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> but they looked more like poop. <laughs>
3: What's
0: that? Hey, yes, they did.
3: They looked like big white dookies, yes. Yeah. Glowing yeah. white dookie.
0: Yeah. All right. So should okay. we wrap it up? They're amazingly yes, terrible. I have been flabbergasted by our future endeavors.
3: I'm going to fully endorse uh, the advice of wrap it up. Always wrap it up, boys. Just like our good buddy, uh, David, Bowie.
0: Man. <laughs> Rubber man.
1: David Bowie. Rubberman. David Bowie. I have been Derek. And this has been incredible. I've
2: been David, David.
1: David, David. David, David The name's so nice, etc. Potpourri in his pants.
0: Mm. <laughs> I'm going right. to go potpourri in his pants. <laughs> nice.
2: Amazingly Terrible is produced by David and Adam. Music by Josh Woodward. Send your email to monotonouslyterrific at amazinglyterrible.com. At this point, Hola, I'm inclined to agree with you. Now, could you get some ice cubes to harden me up? Sure, class.